0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colum Kelly and uh, usually at this point I say I'm, as always, I'm joined by my co-host Doug Moore, but unfortunately Doug has uh, an ear infection and he's not able to, to join us on today's show and uh, obviously to Doug if he's listening and I'm sure he is, uh, hopefully get well soon Doug, but uh, we have, uh, I guess we'll call him a ge- he was going to be our guest, but I guess we'll call him the guest co-host now on today's show. It's uh, Jacob Rickroad, you'll know him on Twitter as Clutch Fantasy and if you, uh, if you ever see that polar bear standing on a, a little block of ice on the- that island all by himself. That is uh, Jacob's Twitter avatar as well. He is a high stakes fantasy football player and as well a contributor to RotoViz. So, Jacob, thanks for uh, jumping aboard the show. And, uh, you know, you are the guest. You're now the guest co host. So, uh, no pressure.
1: Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Bummed. Uh, I was looking forward to talking to Doug. Him and I have had some back and forth on Twitter <laughs> and uh, really good talk. So, yeah, Doug. About, is- I'm thrilled to be here. You guys
0: have a great show. Yeah, Doug has back and forth with pretty much everyone on Twitter, so hopefully uh, it wasn't uh, too confrontational. But uh, I guess no, Doug- it's always friendly. Uh, Doug's not here, so I guess hopefully we'll uh, be able to talk through all the action of week two together. Obviously, um, you know it's action packed in week two. We've week one. It's just it's really going to start to ramp up each and every week, and it's going to get harder and harder to just keep on top of all the news and information. So we're going to do our best here at looking back at week two, trying to see maybe some waiver wire pickups and that, and then looking ahead to the week three action. So it should be fun. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, I always like to give a quick plug at the start for iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and. Listen in uh, each and every week, you'll get it there once it goes online. Usually we record this show Wednesday or Thursday, but today it is an early week edition and recording this on Monday. So it's just before Monday Night Football will kick off between the Bears and the Eagles. But this week, early week edition as I am heading on my honeymoon. I know you've been following it over the last couple of weeks, uh, getting built up to the wedding. The wedding is over, heading to Disney World in Orlando, heading off tomorrow. So getting this one out and then uh, one edition will be... From uh, a location to to be decided in the USA, but uh, looking forward to doing this show as I mentioned with Jacob and uh, Doug's absence. One quick read before we start off on the podcast, and that is for DSI. I've been using BetDSI over the last uh, two seasons, started using them towards the end of last season. I've been really enjoying it. I had a nice uh, early slate of games this week and won a couple of dollars, but uh, I went then on the kind of homer train. I'm a Packers fan and lost uh, anything that I had gained in that in that Minnesota Vikings uh, defeat. So we'll be talking about that one in a moment. But DSI have linked up with OTI, and we can get you a free $10 wager on any event uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks so all you have to do is sign up to betdsi.com use the code oti 10 and they will give you a free 10 dollar deposit to use on whatever you wish so go there check that out it's betdsi.com promo code oti 10 so with that done jacob we're going to get into the week two results Uh, obviously uh, a couple of big, big injuries, and a couple of people probably avoiding the worst-case scenarios. We're going to start off with uh, Danny Woodhead. Uh, he's tore his ACL. He's done for the season, and obviously the Chargers last week losing uh, Keenan Allen, and I had so many Keenan Allen shares, that was a tough blow. I don't have as many Danny Woodhead shares, and it's not because I didn't want them, it was just because he started to go so early in uh, drafts, you know, getting pumped up with that zero RB strategy. He was going a little bit earlier than I was willing to take him. But uh, the Chargers this week get the win 38-14 to 14 against the, the Jaguars and uh, or sorry the Chargers against the Jaguars what's your outlook now for uh, Melvin Gordon uh, you know going forward with the, that injury to Woodhead and had you much uh, Danny Woodhead shares
1: hey I had quite a few actually you know I'm, I'm a road of his guy yeah which uh, I think that <laughs> actually makes me a uh, Sean Siegel disciple <laughs> yeah. and a zero running back so I, I have my fair shares of Woodhead um, but I have some Gordon shares too you know that was a guy that was high on Siegel's list of uh, zero running back guys and yeah. you know he's been solid through two games He scored in both games and this just like you said opens the door for him to to continue that uh there's zero competition whatsoever i i've heard uh rumors on twitter that you know maybe they bring in a guy like um oh, i'm blanking on his name from the titan uh titans the uh, uh McCluster. Oh, okay cluster i gonna come in and take over that woodhead role you know somebody's gonna they're gonna have to find somebody because oliver's already on the ir yeah. as well um it's it's pretty heartbreaking. I know a lot of uh, people were on the Woodhead bandwagon this year. So, a huge blow cuz he was awesome in week 1 too.
0: Yeah, and when, you know, when Allen went down, everyone that had uh, Danny Woodhead in their lineup was thinking, oh, yes, this is really going to boost his value for the next few weeks and uh, for the rest of the season basically, and obviously that didn't uh, accumulate. And unfortunately, Danny would head out for the rest of the season with that knee injury. On the other side, obviously, uh, the Jaguars, uh, and we'll probably leave the Jaguars to talk about when we're previewing week three, but, you know, uh, Alan Robinson didn't turn up to very, very late in this, held catchless until the fourth quarter, and we'll be talking a little bit more about them in the preview. San Diego Chargers, I'm looking forward to getting some uh, your opinions on their wide receivers in just a little moment as well. A uh, player who had a nice, nice week one, but had a very, very disappointing week two, that was Jameis Winston, um, you know, he went up. Against Arizona Cardinals, four interceptions and one fumble. Kind of was forced by his running back, just uh, you know, knocking into him, but still counts as a fumble. So a terrible week here for Jameis Winston. Do you think this is kind of what we'll see with him up and down weeks as the season goes on, or is it you know you expect more of those uh, good weeks and bad? I think you know this is probably what we're going to see from him as the, the season progresses.
1: He's a really young guy. You know, people yeah. forget he's a second year guy. I think he's only 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, while he's looked amazing in spots, you got to give him a break because he's still a young quarterback, a lot of young players on that team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is par for the course for a guy with, um, you know, only 16, 17 games on his resume.
0: Yeah, and uh, obviously that was a big win for the Cardinals. They lost Week One to the uh, Patriots, and that kind of unexpected loss for them. So 40 to seven absolutely blew the doors off uh, Tampa Bay. Another player in this that you know everyone's obviously going to target him. Uh, early in drafts this year and rightly so and he's going to be a target monster but can he do it with those targets and that was uh mike evans i think in this did he end up with 17 or 19 targets with only seven receptions so you know he's getting he's definitely going to get the volume all season long but efficiency is going to be a tough one there for mike evans
1: yeah you're stoked if you had him because he still had what 19 ppr points yeah, yeah. so anytime you're he, so he had
0: kicks, a, bad, a bad game and 19 ppr points
1: <laughs> right right so you know As long as you're getting those kind of targets, don't even think twice about playing him. And I think he's going to get those all
0: season long. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, New England uh, next up and they win at home, hanging on late, uh, 31-24 against the Dolphins. Dolphins putting up some points in garbage time in this one. Uh, the Patriots were really out to a, a fast start in this with Jimmy Garoppolo. He had three touchdowns I think in the, maybe the first 20 minutes of this then he went down with that shoulder injury. Looks uh, like he's definitely going to be out for Thursday night football this week against the Bills, which we'll talk about in just a moment, but he was having a really, really nice game and uh, the Patriots were off to a hot start. Legarrett Blount in this one uh, had quite a nice game, rushing for 123 yards uh showing some very athletic moves that you know for such a big man very very impressive do you think blunt you know talking zero rb strategy people would have been taking him in those later rounds you think he's somebody now that uh you know definitely has a a nice staying power for the next two to three weeks anyway to tom brady gets back
1: absolutely i own uh, blunt in a lot of leagues in fact i own him in the sfb and uh, i plan on riding him all season there's a very good chance that Blunt ends up finishing with the most rushing touchdowns on the season even when brady comes back um, you know, last year he was pretty good even when Deion Lewis was rolling. So, I mean, they, especially when they get ahead, they're just going to hand him the ball. I think you're going to just see him turn these kind of games all year long.
0: Yeah, he's uh, somebody who, you know, efficiency-wise getting touchdowns to uh, his game ratio is very, very efficient with the New England Patriots. Next up, uh, Carolina and San Francisco again. San Francisco putting up some points uh, in garbage time in this, but Cam Newton with a monster game at the quarterback position. Uh, you know Kelvin Benjamin as well as somebody who I wasn't particularly high on going into the season, and there was a lot of narratives around you know his condition and so on and so forth. But he came in in this one and absolutely dominated. Two touchdown game for him. Greg Olson as well. Uh, you know he was held catchless up into that. I think it was a seventy-eight yard touchdown finishes with hundred and twenty-two yards, and he's somebody that I own in a lot, a lot of leagues this year, and uh, I was really happy to see him have a big week but uh kelvin benjamin's the one i'm going to hit you on here to see or is he somebody you were high on going into the season and have you been impressed with what he's done so far i've been very impressed i was yeah. not high on him you know yeah, it, i wasn't either boy,
1: so. <laughs> so inefficient uh but you know what this is kind of like the mike evans case where he, volume's going to be there he's getting the red zone looks and the, and the guy's converting so um you know I, I i'll hand it to him he's getting it done <laughs> so yeah. it, it, definitely keep riding him
0: uh, next up, uh, Washington Redskins. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys to, or 27-23 to at home. Dak Prescott leading the way, uh, getting them into the end zone uh, in the fourth quarter, getting the win. The talk coming out of this, obviously, is going to be about the two fumbles by Zeke Elliott, Alfred Morris, picking up that late touchdown for them. And then on the other side... Uh, um Kirk Cousins, Washington Redskins quarterback. I think at this moment in time, I think the Redskins will be quite happy that they uh, didn't cash in. I know they give them a lot of money for this year, but long term, uh, what do you think Kirk Cousins is going for the rest of the season?
1: I was not crazy about him uh, going into the year, uh, but the yardage is there. You know, there's rumblings that the the uh, players are uh, kind of uh, yeah. rebelling, yeah. and uh, if, if you watched if you watched any of the game, Pierre Garcon and, and Djax were. Visibly upset over uh, some of the plays going on, so he better write the ship in a hurry but either way this this team's going to throw there's a ton of weapons there and uh, I'm still you know on DJx and uh, um, of course Jordan Reed in yeah. that offense.
0: D. is the sort of player I think that Cousins is going to rely on to have uh, big games this season because he is kind of somebody who relies on yards after the catch unless he does hit uh, Deshaun on one of those deep balls. And Jackson has looked good so far this season, but just I don't I haven't been really happy overall. I've been in a lot of leagues. I haven't been really happy with the uh, opportunities that he's been given. Des Bryant with a bounce back uh, 102 yards for him, and this one after a quiet week one. Um, looking through the rest of the games here, not going to go through them all, but I mentioned earlier the Green Bay Packers uh, losing to the Minnesota. Of Vikings, I have to say, Bradford had uh, what I thought was one of his best career games, and you know, he's only been there for two weeks, so very impressed with his outing. But I have to say that Stefan Diggs is somebody who I was high on, and I know a lot of the guys at Roto World and Roto Viz as well were very, very high on heading into the season. Stefan Diggs 182 yards and a touchdown in this, and then got a key uh, third down conversion then to seal the game later on. Stefan Diggs, uh, anything to add on him other than he really is starting to look like the real deal? He's awesome, and,
1: and you hit it on the head with the Rotoviz. I mean, that's a guy. Um, I just did my high-stakes draft a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the Fantasy Douche has a team, and uh, Peter Overset who does the Fantasyland pod, yep. and Pat Crane, who's a producer and does the Rotovis radio. They, they, had, they all had teams. It, we, all three of us got uh, Stephon Diggs <laughs> in the high-stakes league, which is, which is pretty sweet. you know. So, And I know that uh, Siegel was, was high on him um, when nobody was, really. Six months ago, yeah. everybody was touting Laquan, Laquan Treadwell. So, yeah, that's a guy, uh, he looks like the real deal. Yeah,
0: it and, definitely, uh, it definitely yep, does.
1: Bradford was probably an upgrade over Bridgewater because you know, Bridgewater doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. And, and Bradford's decent. And I think the have test fools people. I mean, Bradford's a guy that hasn't had any consistency with uh, uh, coordinators. And, you know, maybe this is the perfect situation for him to step in and, and really uh, take Minnesota to the next level.
0: Yeah, I think as well Bradford's more likely to take those deep shots and that's something that Bridgewater didn't tend to do. And. You know, the the vikings North Turner's offense tends to to move more vertical. And I think that's something that'll be very, very interesting to see. But, you know, after week one, we had a lot of these teams that we thought were really going to be bad. And then after week two, we've kind of switched our opinions almost 180. So I think, you know, you get to that week four, week five range and you really get a feel for what these teams are. So it's going to be interesting as we look now ahead to week three. And, you know, just before we get to that week three, one other game, the uh, St. or the LA Rams sorry against uh, Seattle. Um the Seattle Seahawks really really struggling in offense and obviously you have uh, Russell Wilson coming in there with the ankle injury but I, I have to be concerned of how how they played in this game. How how concerned are you with how uh, Seattle are playing and then on the other side I want to know Todd Gurley are you starting to get quite worried about Todd Gurley?
1: You know I've never been on Gurley to yeah. to be honest Too um I did, I did this big uh I did this big research on uh, PPR scoring, and it went back all the way to 2000. And I connected the dots with uh, play callers. And Fisher was a guy that didn't have that many over that span. He had Eddie George and Chris Johnson had you know, a couple decent years, the, the big year, the 2000 year, obviously. But for the most part, he wasn't there. And so I, I'm one of those guys that's kind of a play calling and situation is, is sometimes more important than talent. So uh, you know, in Gurley's case, he's just – not gonna do it. And then on the flip side of that, you got a guy like uh D'Angelo Williams, who's thirty two years old, who's playing out of his mind. What, what did he suddenly become more talented? No.
0: <laughs> he didn't situation.
1: He's he's finally got a play caller. They're throwing passes to him. They're using him correctly and I think that's that's really coming out in
0: scoring. Definitely and I think when you mentioned that we'll start off with uh the game this week for Pittsburgh and I know Philadelphia are playing tonight so hard to know what's going to come out of this this again being recorded on monday but they traveled this week to philadelphia pittsburgh were somebody who three or four weeks before the season i thought they were going to have a big fantasy year i thought ben roethlisberger was being very much overvalued so i kind of was starting to play down on them a little bit and i didn't think their defense would be as good as it has looked through two weeks so i thought they they might struggle more than people would expect but they've started off and they've had a really nice start with those two wins obviously winning on the road against washington and then winning this week at home uh, against the bengals but they traveled to philadelphia how do you expect uh, to go obviously we have uh, another week of deangelo williams who is just absolutely killing it at the moment um i think pretty much uh what we've seen in the last two weeks is probably what we're going to see again although uh it's not what i what i thought we were going to see through two weeks
1: yeah all systems go i'm hoping uh eli rogers has a little bounce back because yeah. uh, they definitely need a number two to emerge there outside of uh antonio brown um did, did you were you on him at all
0: antonio or eli rogers eli yeah Yeah. i picked him up i actually did a a trade and it's absolutely looking uh, much better i mentioned it in last week's podcast i got a 2017 second a 2018 second and Stephon diggs and eli rogers for um, keaton allen after Allen went down last week i do have a lot of allen shares so i kind of trying to diversify and the way diggs played this week and i know uh, rogers had a low week this week but i am expecting him uh, to pick up going forward again
1: i like it man really good trade (laughs)
0: it looks good now but at the, ti- at the time it didn't it didn't look too good <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no, I think you're gonna be happy with that because um, they do need somebody to emerge outside of Antonio Brown and I, I don't know I haven't heard any news on the Darius screen so at this point I'm, I'm guessing he's he's not gonna come back no. do you have any insight there
0: uh, I, I don't own him in any leagues and I was completely down on the buzz heading into it because he was somebody who in dynasty leagues you know two or three years ago I was starting to, to buy into the hype and you know had him in a lot of leagues obviously we thought Antonio Gates was going to retire at some point he's still going <laughs> so uh, you know that, that day is gone and uh, you know the situation with him and Pittsburgh, you know, I, I'm definitely concerned about it. Uh, Jesse James had another touchdown this week as well, so maybe he's somebody in deeper leagues to keep a little eye out, out for. But no, I was uh, I was never in on him, and um, you know, I, I'm glad at this point that I wasn't
1: agreed smart
0: <laughs> so uh, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with philadelphia in that game so uh, if jordan matthews gets you two touchdowns tonight uh, against chicago uh, start him against pittsburgh this coming week but pittsburgh's defense has been uh, much more impressive than i thought it was going to be a defense that hasn't been impressive and you know played a little bit better played a little bit stiffer this week against the denver broncos is the indianapolis colts the chargers obviously a lot of people thought that they were going to find it tough without keenan allen uh, obviously, Danny Woodhead's going to be out now this week as well. They head to uh, Indianapolis to play the Colts. The Colts zero and two for the third season in a row. Um, you know they're they're just not. You know Ryan Gregson's just not building a team there at all. But we're looking at it fantasy wise, and you know nothing really happened there this week uh, Moncrief uh, with a concussion and also a shoulder injury so at this moment in time uh, probably unlikely that he plays this week uh, Philip Dorset is somebody who you need to be looking at I think uh, in the majority of leagues and I think in, in deeper leagues unless you're in dynasty leagues with people that are really really interested in what's going on I think he's probably still sitting out there on the waiver wire uh, then on I mentioned earlier I wanted to know your thoughts on San Diego's wide receiver situation what do you think of uh, how Williams played I was impressed again with him uh, and the role that he played and i think it's going to expand as the weeks go forward and then benjamin isn't your typical number one receiver i think williams is going to get that there kind of you know f- jump ball situations but uh you know you're looking then at uh travis benjamin with two touchdowns this week i think he still has that uh boom bust upside
1: yeah both of them i mean uh, philip rivers is a great quarterback you know Hunt has a history of uh play calling with him you know going back to uh 2013, they were, they were lights out, and it just seems like next man up with with uh, Williams. Um, I, I actually picked up um, trail Inman, thinking that maybe he'd have a little bit of a role, but it doesn't look like he's going to be anything. Yeah. So so we'll see. Maybe they'll pick up Dex from a cluster, and someone else will come in and take that Danny Woodhead spot. But in the meantime, uh, I'm guessing um, Williams and um, Benjamin are going to pick up the slack from Keenan and Woodhead. And maybe we'll see some Gates. Touchdowns coming up I mean he's due I know Rivers Has said in the offseason That he needs eight touchdowns To uh, tie the record So I'm still hopeful That that'll happen At some point You're gonna see Gates Bust out not yeah, I think, I think
0: um, just off the top of my head now, I haven't any stats here. In front. I think he actually did catch one on Sunday, if I'm right. Is that, do you remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds right,
0: yeah. yeah. So uh, down to seven now for the rest of the season. Uh, a couple of other interesting ones coming up here. Arizona travel to Buffalo. That's one that you know the Cardinals obviously put up a lot of points this week, but the majority of it was on the back of Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, and of course uh, their defense. And you know Jameis Winston really helped them out in that situation. Uh, the stat here that I have for the Cardinals, is that John Brown, who I was extremely high on in the off season and have him in a lot, a lot of leagues, and you know, just after week one, he cost me so much I didn't start him this week. But between him and Michael Floyd, through two weeks, they have a combined ninety-one yards. Uh, I don't think anyone's seen that coming uh, three or four weeks ago.
1: I certainly did, and I own John Brown um, very, very heavily. So um, I heard people on Twitter talking about dumping him. I think he's a hold. I think um, he's definitely
0: a hold. I think the concussion situation uh, thinking over you know over the last week I think that you know they probably missed a couple of weeks there of uh, training they're probably a little bit you know uh, looking at snaps and that Jeron Brown's been in there a lot JJ Nelson's been in there a lot and I think it's just probably just trying to look after him a little bit I think as the season goes on he's going to have value I think if anyone does dump him I think he's somebody to, to pick up on your waiver wire <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think so too. And if anybody does drop him or if you can buy him for super cheap, yep. you know, both Floyd and Brown picked up toward the end of the season when Fitz kind of tailed off. And yep. you can see that happening again with Fitz. I mean, Fitz is getting so much work. Yep. I, I love the guy. I still think Fitz is the chain mover. And if you look at Ariane's history, he, he's kind of done that everywhere he was. You know, when he was with the Steelers, Heinz Ward was that chains mover, you know, 95 catches at age 35 or the age 34. And then Reggie Wayne, did the same thing uh, when when Arians was calling uh, the plays with the Colts and Andrew Luck. Um, Wayne was kind of the, the chain mover with the hundred some receptions that year. So I think Fitz still plays that role, but it wouldn't surprise me if they start to take some more shots downfield and you start to see uh, Floyd and Brown, you know, come into their own. But I'm not ready to drop a thousand yard receiver yeah. after two games. Um, no. To your point, I think that concussion thing may be part of it, and you know, hopefully uh, he begins to have a bigger bigger role, but You know, three games is when a trend starts to happen. So um, keep them on your bench for now and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's I was, kind of what I was alluding to earlier with the you know three or four weeks into the season you really start to, to figure out what these teams are like you know, week two, week one you'll have those surprises and then as the season goes on it tends to, the cream rises to the top as they say. Uh, David Johnson really so, looks like the real deal there for the Cardinals, uh, another nice game for him Pr- not as much production on the ground as uh, probably he would like as a running back but uh, almost 100 yards then through the air, so a nice day for his owners uh, then on to Buffalo obviously uh, changes there with the coach and staff over the last week they're a team that i have said for a long time they rely far too much on big plays uh you know there's not just that efficiency with them tyrod taylor um last week kind of padding the stats late on i did see on twitter and that a lot of people maybe who i didn't watch the game saying about oh, how good tyrod taylor was but you know if you look at your box score in the morning it sits there but you know uh, as uh, an actual quarterback and you know I like to take a good player over somebody who's getting those kind of busted plays or deep plays over time. And uh, we'll see how he goes for the rest of the season. I think he's another player who's going to be that up and down, boom, bust kind of player. He's the, he, he is a, you know, a high upside player, but what, what's your thoughts on Tyrod Taylor moving forward?
1: I agree. As long as Rex Ryan's there, they're going to be all over the place. Um, I still think that he's run heavy. You know, the new coordinator has been with him since 09. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think that philosophy changes until Rex Ryan leaves. So the only guy I really want to play every week is LaShawn McCoy because I know he's going to be getting the ball all game long. Um, You know, Sammy Watkins is a great talent, but he's so hard to trust right now with uh, everything going on. And, you know, six targets a game ain't cutting it for a guy like Watkins. Um, He's going to have those big games, like you said. Same with Tyrod, you know, but um, until they they get a creative uh, coordinator in there, I, I think it's going to be more of the same. But you know what? Maybe Rex gets fired in week eight. It's, yeah, it's possible, I think, right? so. <laughs> I think they overreacted firing Roman because yeah. um, the offense is probably pretty well last week, you know? So, yeah. Um yeah time will tell but for now i'm going to fade buffalo outside of the run game
0: yeah and i'm i'm on you with Lashawn mccoy i have him in a number of leagues but i think you know i thought he was been underused so far so run heavier seems uh, to help him there and i think if you have more run running going it's going to help you know those uh, kind of rollouts for uh, tyrod taylor as well so we'll see what happens definitely this week i'll be uh, fading i don't have actually watkins i think i'm in maybe one league and uh, i'll be fading him now for the next few weeks to uh, see how his health comes along next game up uh, baltimore travel to Jacksonville, uh, Baltimore, getting out of jail against the uh, the Browns this past week, and uh, they head to Jacksonville, who you know played close with the Packers two weeks ago, and then really, really struggled this past week and. Uh, in- uh, san diego i have a question here and it's you know i've been down on him basically ever since he came into the league and i've been harsh on him at times but uh blake bartles and i know a bit like i mentioned with tyrod taylor when you wake up and see that box score and he has 20 points for you people probably think that it's good but if you're the jacksonville jaguars how concerned are you with uh blake bartles actual quarterback play in real life very i mean last
1: year Yeah, so yeah and he was piling up the stats last year but it was a lot of it was garbage time and you know, as an Allen Robinson owner, I'm concerned. Very much. Because so. it hasn't been there and the running game hasn't got going. I thought this was the week for Yeldon, you know, to really uh, yeah. to light it up, and it, just, it didn't happen. So um, it's concerning. Julius Thomas looks good, though. I mean, he's, yep. he seems to be the one bright spot there.
0: He seems to be uh, healthy and he, he seems to be kind of back to something like he was in Denver. Just a, a quick stat that I heard earlier today, and it was uh, on career touchdowns in the first quarter by. Um, Blake Bartles, uh he has three in the first quarter in his career, which is very, very bad. And uh, if you're looking at uh, what Jimmy Garoppolo did versus the Miami Dolphins, he had uh, three, three touchdowns in the first quarter in that game. So, you know, that is not good. And you mentioned there, you know, putting up the stats, it is basically all in garbage time each and every season. And, you know, I, I think Gus Bradley's done a good job in Jacksonville, but if it keeps going the way it's going, he's going to be out at the end of the season too. And you mentioned... With Alan Robinson, he didn't show up to the fourth quarter, so I was very concerned in that. And there's actually one game which I'm waiting to, to see how jo- uh, Jordan Matthews does tonight. I need him to bail me out, but that was a game that I was I was quite confident in Robinson having a big week last week. But I still think uh, if you go into this game playing the Ravens, uh, you do have to, to start him. Uh, I, I've been not surprised, but Alan Horns has been getting kind of more targets than uh, Robinson as well, so I'm interested to see how that moves in the next couple of weeks. Baltimore... Uh, you know, Mike Wallace has had a, a couple of good weeks and he had two touchdowns this week again. Is he somebody he's somebody that I've been stashing, you know, even prior to the season just to see how he went? But is he somebody now that you're uh, getting quite interested in?
1: Yeah, he's actually uh, my most owned wide receiver in NFL 10. Oh, that um, worked out well. Mike Wallace... <laughs> He, he fits into my, my profile perfectly. You know, he's yeah. had four seasons in the top 24. Yep. Um, coming into the year, he's only one year removed from double-digit touchdowns. So um, he, I, I loved him. And in this offense, they're going to huck it a lot. Um, Flacco's almost averaging 40 attempts per game in the first two games of the season. Yep. That's that 640 would put him top five, top ten in the league easily. So Flacco's on your wire. He's a guy, if, you, if you're desperate for a quarterback— you know, he's a guy I, I would I would think about. And um, I, I you know, what's your take on this this backfield? It's been really bad. I've been shocked that Buck Allen's been inactive. Uh, but with Forsett and West being so ineffective, I think at some point either Dixon's going to show up or they're going to put Allen in there. Buck was really good in the passing game, and with Tressman's history, I'm um, I'm surprised.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised, but I'm also very concerned because uh, if he if he if he's a healthy scratch uh, the first two weeks of the season, uh, you know that's that's definitely concerning. Because I'm not a Forset fan, uh, you know West this time last year, you know was kind of the butt of all jokes, and I do think though you kind of touched on it there. I think you know when Dixon can get back, whether it's week six, week seven, you know, week eight, I think the long term plan is for Dixon to be the the starting running back for this team as we head towards the end of the season. I think he's the, the guy to own, although he can't do anything for you for the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and then on the other side, you know, Steve Smith is the oldest wide receiver and um, you know, he hasn't looked outstanding the first two games. Yeah. If one of those guys goes down, somebody else could emerge. I mean this is an offense under Trustman in two 2000- thousand uh 13 that had two top 10 receivers you know both receivers are getting 140 plus targets so i could see you know maybe it's perriman um aiken has done nothing so look for him on the waiver wire maybe just a stash but at some point if one of those other receivers of wallace or smith goes down i could see someone else stepping up and aiken was very uh viable at the end of the year last year because of the targets
0: so uh, baltimore's still um, an offense that i have uh a lot of faith in for the long run. Yeah, going to run through a couple of quick ones here. I think this is a game that we probably don't need to really talk much about at all. That's the Cleveland Browns traveling to Miami to face the Dolphins. The Dolphins, obviously, I mentioned putting up some late points against the Patriots this week. Uh, Kenny Stills with another touchdown in that, but, you know, I think... It's hard to rely on that long term. Cleveland, on the other hand, they had a, a very interesting game where they rushed out to a lead and it looked like all things were going good. Josh McCowan then injured his shoulder. He's going to be out for the next couple of weeks and it looks like Cody Kessler is going to get the start there. And you know, reports were three or four days ago that he was nowhere near ready to play in the NFL, so we'll see how that goes for him. I actually have him stashed in a couple of dynasty rosters, so... But I, I think it's far too early to to see him. Uh, Corey Coleman, on the other hand, had a very nice game: five catches, 104 yards, and two scores. So that was uh, you know his kind of breakout. But again, I mentioned it with a couple of players this past week. You know, rookies. It's hard to rely on that week in week out, and I don't think we'll see that much more this season. So Kessler, quarterback, sorry, very hard to start any year. Browns Crowell had a nice run in that one, getting the touchdown. So. You know, it's it's a, it's a tough one to to start in the year Browns with confidence. Uh, I think you could say that pretty much every week. Then on the other side, Miami, uh, Arian Foster with the hamstring injury. He's going to miss a couple of weeks, I'd imagine, with that. I can't see him suiting up this coming Sunday, but I could be wrong there. Any players on either side that you're uh, looking to start this week? It's kind of one of those ones I can't see too many fantasy starters in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're desperate at running back with all the running backs going down, Jay Ajayi might be a guy you plug in and just kind of close your eyes. He Hopefully did have a, <laughs> he had five receptions, which is promising. Yeah. And so in a game against Cleveland, where they should be up um, and uh, running the ball a lot, you know, he he could have a decent game. Uh, and that other than that, the only Miami guy you really want is Landry. I mean, they look they look awful. Yeah. So, um, but th- this is against the Browns with a third string quarterback that wasn't ready a week ago. this could be a game that Miami finally puts up some numbers
0: yeah and saying that it could be a you know a little teaser there for a a DS a, a DST you know special teams defense play for the Dolphins, you'd expect them maybe to to get some turnovers in this one. Next up, uh, the Washington Redskins. I mentioned them earlier, you know, in the situation with Kurt Cousins. They're traveling, divisional game on the road this week against the Giants. The Giants starting 2-0, and looking quite well. On the Giants side of the ball, obviously, Odell Beckham hasn't really uh, come into it as of yet. But, you know, a very impressive uh, start to his rookie campaign for Sterling Shepard so far. But I guess somebody who, you know, I had written off, I had put him in the fantasy graveyard. And that is... Uh, my man victor cruz uh, catching another big catch here to set them up for the field goal to win the game caught the game winning touchdown last week uh how, <laughs> i'm not even gonna ask are you surprised uh, i think everyone's pretty much surprised victor cruz is back to fantasy relevance and i think he's somebody that needs to be uh, owned in all leagues the way he's played over the first two weeks yeah
1: i, I i'm definitely surprised i mean all of us wrote off anybody with that patellar tendon yep injury as like done you know and, and, and we, Jimmy Graham after last season we wrote him off more <laughs> right right but you know with medical medicine being the way it is these guys are recovering from these things and Victor Cruz is a, a, an absolute stud at one point I mean he was OBJ before OBJ yep. and this is an offense you know um, Eli Manning's kind of underrated he's been able to support multiple receivers in the top 20 uh, over his career he did it with uh um, when he had Nick's and um, Cruz. Cruz going, both of them were top ten. He had even had a year. Mario Manningham broke the top twenty um, alongside of, of Nick's too. So, you know, I can see Victor Cruz and, and uh, Sterling kind of switching off every week. You know, having big games here and there. But d- don't be afraid of OBJ. He's still getting ten yep. plus targets a game. I saw somebody on Twitter did a poll, and they were they were you know saying that Victor Cruz is going to cruise and and. Uh, <clears throat> Sterling, we're going to cut into him. It's like, come on now. Hmm. Like, OBJ is fine. The touchdowns will come.
0: I would say... He's uh, he's still
1: averaging six receptions a game. He's he's going to be
0: fine. I would say come the end of the season, uh, he'll have more yards on his own than the other two guys combined. it will probably be something around where the the stat line finishes up. So do not be uh, anyway concerned long-term about your Odell Beckham... uh, shares on your teams. Looking around then to the next game, uh, the Oakland Raiders travelling to Tennessee. Tennessee getting a win very, very late on. Uh, fourth and five I think it was to another man who, and I don't think he's fantasy relevant even at this moment in time. Andre Johnson picking up the win and touchdown there. Marcus Mariota throwing the strike. Mariota didn't have a great game in this one. He's somebody who I've been very, very high on. Uh, you know, we talked about Winston earlier, but he didn't have a great game, but he got the job done in the end against the Lions. This week they host the Raiders who, after having such a, a gutsy call last Last week to win against the Saints, they really uh, put up a stinker at home against the Falcons. But fantasy wise, that running back situation is becoming even more cloudy. The balance of uh, you know snaps there in Oakland has kind of it's starting to become a plateau between everybody. So something that it's very hard to be positive about. And I did not like Latavius Murray heading into the season. On the other side, then uh, Demarco Murray seems to be uh, getting a nice uh, you know. Rapport with the uh, the run the offensive line in Tennessee for himself. And this here, anyone that you're excited about, uh, Oakland at Tennessee. I, I play them all. I mean, it, it should be a
1: decent scoring game. Oakland's yep. been letting people run all over, or throw and run all over them. You yep. know, Demarco Murray looks pretty good. He looks a lot better than he did last year. He's getting a ton of receptions. Um, he was a guy that I, I was picking up a lot this year in the fifth, sixth round because I thought he was a value yep. just based on his history. You know, the guys had. Several top 20 running back seasons, and he's proven he still can get it done. Um, and I think Henry will, will become more involved, but I could see both of them being relevant at some point, and they just do that, you know, ground and pound game that they talked about in the preseason. Yeah, So, no. And then on the other side, I, I, I would be nervous if I was a Latavius owner because, you know, the riding was on the wall with his efficiency, and now you got two other running backs that are cutting in, and didn't Del Rio just say that they're going to
0: play them all? Yeah. So um, that's scary. <laughs> It's definitely scary, and you mentioned there, you know, that everyone's been running over Oakland. I believe that over them first two games, I think they have given up seventy points, which I believe over the first two weeks of a season is an NFL record. Um, so that there is obviously not good, and they could potentially defensive. I know it's early days, but they could be, uh, you know, the Saints. How we looked about just starting all your players against the Saints. So I, I would be starting most of my uh, Titans of who you own this week. I'd expect another nice week from Delaney Walker, who had a, a nice game against the Lions. Uh, moving on to the next game. We're going to head up to Cincinnati. Denver heading to Cincinnati. The Broncos' defense is legit once again. Possibly, uh, dare I say, could be better than it was last season. Uh, Demar or, uh, Von Miller getting that strip sack at the end to really see the deal. But if you're looking at it, Cincinnati, A.J. Green, kind of was invisible this past week against the Steelers. Are you concerned uh, that it's not really a week this week to be starting uh, your Bengals' uh, skill position players? I think it could be one... That we could see a lot more giovanni bernard who had a nice week 2 after having a, a down week 1. Yeah, you're not benching aj green even yeah, against Denver. Yeah.
1: yeah, so the targets that should be there. You know, he had an off week. Maybe the weather was part of that last week. Yeah. Although you know Dalton threw for 3 360 something like that. So it was it was as an aj green owner I was disappointed to see that, but he's a must start and you know I could see them you know doing the geo thing as well. Uh, but it should be a tough game. You know, Andrew Luck wasn't able to get much done against Denver. And, um, you know, they're definitely the defense that's going to run people over all year. But, you know, like Cam showed us in week one, you still got to play those guys. and yeah. Even in the matchup.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned with AJ, you have to start him. It's kind of in that same boat with Dez. Week one had the down week and then had a nice week this week. And if you look to what AJ done in week one, nice week, down week, like you just, if they have one or two bad weeks, you have to stick with them because they're going to give you that kind of, we mentioned earlier with Evans having a bad week and getting 19 PPR points. They're going to get you those weeks on a more consistent basis. Uh, Denver, I was surprised at uh, how well Demarius Thomas played against the Colts I thought he was probably going to sit and not play that game and I had a lot of faith in Emmanuel Sanders but it turned out to be uh, Demarius who had the nicer week there CJ Anderson getting into the end zone again but having a a little bit slower of a week than he had the previous week but still a very good start to the season for him. Moving on to the next one uh, San Francisco against Seattle uh, Tory Smith uh, came back into the end zone. I don't, know, I don't tweet this week that Tory Smith does exist and after week one I was starting to really doubt myself on that. I have a, a lot of him on my fantasy teams heading into the rest of the season. So uh, Seattle obviously concerned about how their offense is going. Russell Wilson have another seven days to try and get that ankle sorted out but they, their offensive line you know over the last say three or four years we've talked about it but We've, uh, you know, when you'd Marshawn Lynch behind it and you had Russell Wilson and his movement, you kind of covered up a lot of those issues. But now, when Russell isn't as mobile, uh, you know, really that offensive line issue uh, start to really come to the fore. But uh, how do you see this one filtering out against uh, the 49ers?
1: You know, the 49ers are uh, still still putting up fantasy stats, you know, and that's classic Chip Kelly. I, I'm another guy that had Torrey everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Vance McDonald, too, both games
0: yeah, coming out touchdown. big.
1: Yeah, so I I still have faith that they're gonna they're gonna do some things, and you know Hyde had an off game, but I just think that's that's Hyde who he is. Um, You know, I I think Sean Dron may have some big games down the stretch, kind of like the Darren Sproles of that offense. So I'm not fading San Francisco yet. I thought they did better than I expected against a tough defense this week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Just a couple of mentions uh, for Seattle. Uh, Thomas Rawls injured his leg in that one. Uh... It's minus seven yards and seven carries, so it's been a very slow start to him coming back to that ankle injury and I think at the time we didn't realize how severe that ankle injury was, and uh, you know it might take him a little bit of time to get up to speed and For the Rawls owners out there that are worried, Christine Michael did cough up that fumble on that last drive off the game. So we'll see how the the snaps uh, work out this coming week against the 49ers. As well for them, Tyler Lockett did leave the game early, uh, but then he did return to make a deep catch uh, towards uh, the end of the game in that fourth quarter. So he is day-to-day at the moment. I'd expect him to suit up. And then Doug Baldwin, uh, MRI, came back on his knee and it was negative. So he should be good to go this coming week as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see how Seattle do at home. They're usually very, very strong. It's on the road that, as I mentioned on last week's preview show, that they tend to have their struggles. A game that I'm actually going to be at in this one is in Tampa Bay. Uh, going to Orlando on my honeymoon heading down to Tampa Bay next Sunday uh, for the Buccaneers nice. hosting the LA Rams so I, I mentioned I better not be going around and sending the St. Louis Rams at the game some LA Rams fans may uh, have a shot at me but uh, looking at this game obviously Doug Martin is the one that uh, hamstring injury and you know he's had those soft muscle or soft tissue injuries over the last couple of seasons so he's unlikely to suit up for this one and it's actually funny that my uh, now-wife, her surname previous to getting married to me was Martin, and <laughs> I actually bought her a Doug Martin jersey uh, this time last year, so she was all excited, uh, going to wear her Doug Martin jersey to the game. And uh, <laughs> Well, one thing's for sure, it's helping out my charge, some um, shares uh, for my dynasty teams, and uh, so we'll see, though. But Tampa Bay at LA, uh, this is one I think that Gurley could get moving again and if that offensive line of the Rams can hold up, and then, uh, you know, obviously... They'll probably try and start off a little bit slower for the the Bucks this week. Get James Winston settled down, but another big game here, I'd imagine, for uh, Mike Evans. But that Rams uh, front seven uh, really did step up against the Seahawks. Um, you know that that could really slow things down if if Martin was to play, but I don't think he'll play. And I think Sims will struggle between the tackles, but I think on those uh, passing downs he'll uh, pick up some nice yardage.
1: Yeah, Hyde um, really uh, tore them up in week one, so yeah. I, I'm starting Sims. I mean, he's a guy that's on a lot of zero running back rosters, yeah. and we know we can catch, so I definitely get him in. And then, you know, keep playing Gurley because you know he's going to bust out at some point. He's still the focal point of that offense, so um, it, it's going to happen. And this, like you said, this could be the perfect week for yeah. them to get him rolling.
0: And uh, just bouncing back, I have a stat here on my uh, page that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens, and that is Dennis Pitta. We talked about Victor Cruz, and he's back from the dead. Well, Dennis Pitta is somebody who I thought would never actually play ever again with those two hip injuries that kept him out for the last two seasons. But he led the team with nine catches for 109 yards, and he's had a very nice first two weeks of the season. So if you're struggling at tight end and you're streaming the position, he's somebody definitely to to check in with. And uh, I'm very very surprised. The two of those guys are definitely front runners for comeback player of the year as we move forward. Next up, Kansas City host the Jets. Arrowhead is a very tough place to go. Um, you know the the Jets struggled um, in week one, but. They had a nice win last week on Thursday night football. They do get those extra couple of days to prepare for this. Branton Marshall uh, looks like he's going to be fit to play. It looked like this time, you know, Thursday night, I thought that he was done for the season too and uh, a miraculous recovery from him to come back and play in that game. But the Chiefs, uh, Spencer Ware, you know, he's, he's going to be out of this one. How are you feeling about the Chiefs now going forward? Um,
1: you know Charles could come back this week. I think that could give the offense a nice bump that they needed. I mean, Ware looked great in Week One, and then just okay. In fact, yeah, I think didn't. Ware uh, West out rushed him yep. yesterday. Um, but you'll probably see a committee type thing when Charles comes back. But maybe that'll be enough to to give them the extra to to get things rolling and Macklin and Kelsey going. Um, <clears throat> we'll see there. But yeah, I, I
0: definitely think they need Charles. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think, you know, you're looking at it. If you have Kelsey at your tight end position, you're going to start him in this one. Uh, you know, you're starting Macklin. So it's pretty much uh, as things go for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're in an extremely deep league or two-quarterback league, you can slot uh, Alex Smith in there. But he, uh, I think, ended up with five points this past week against the Texans. And so a very tough week for him. But the Jets, uh, you know, I, I said on our show last week, recorded it on Thursday night just before that game, and I said, you know, I'm not starting pretty much anybody in this. I sat Eric Decker in a lot of leagues. The only player I really started was LaShawn McCoy uh, in that game. And I think, you know, pretty much going into this, I'll be saying uh, start all Jets because they're going to continue to take those deep shots. And, you know, if you're getting the volume of deep attempts down the field. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm not a Fitzpatrick fan, but if you th- if those targets are going your way, you have to start those players. And Matt Forte has started the season uh, in, in a real, real rich vein of form, something I wasn't too confident in happening, and I don't own him anywhere. But, um, you know, phenomenal start for him in that one. Um, next one up, uh, Green Bay are hosting Detroit this week. Detroit obviously lost this week, but Stafford has looked uh, pretty good over those first two weeks. And then when you're looking around this team, Amir Abdullah left this game in the first half with a foot injury, so uh, you know the uh, this is Washington's their third choice, and then you have Theo Reddick as well in there. So maybe Washington somebody to pick up this week. Uh, Reddick I think is pretty much on everywhere, and especially if you're on a, a zero RB roster. And then uh, for them, Marvin Jones really looks to be the number one wide receiver for them. He picked up eight uh, catches and 118 yards, and then Golden Tate had two for 13. So you know when you're looking around at uh, Marvin Jones, people questioning him moving over from the Bengals. Uh, impressed obviously with what he's done through two weeks
1: yeah absolutely i mean he's filling in that calvin role nicely yeah. um and this offense is just going to throw a ton even you know with losing Abdullah, i think they're just going to lean heavier on the pass you know bolden's on your wire take a look at him I mean, he's out playing gold tate had nine targets i i couldn't believe that he uh just didn't didn't produce and uh, he's a guy that i really like this season but maybe bolden has cut into him um and, and maybe they'll just kind of take turns but uh, Marvin seems like the guy to own in that offense and Stafford's been great and if you look at his history with the uh, Jim Bob Cooter um, he's going to put up some big numbers and um, you know if you're looking for a deep deep if you have a deep roster uh, Zach Sinner is a pretty uh, talented player I'm not sure why he's been inactive uh, but maybe he ends up getting a crack at it and, and does something in this office but everybody else you're rolling for sure. Uh, and? On the other side of the ball, I don't know what to do about Green Bay. Yep. I mean, they,
0: they just look off. What What's your take on the Packers? Yeah, watching them last night, uh, you know, there's – it's worrying because they still don't have that downfield threat. Uh, I don't think. I think Jardy's probably playing at a kind of eighty or eighty-five percent, you know, of his maximum capacity. But maybe missing that year, getting that year older, maybe he's just not going to ever get that explosiveness back. But I think it's going to take them a couple of weeks. They're still playing similar to what they did last year. I've been surprised again at how many targets Devontae Adams has got through the first two weeks. Uh, Rogers certainly, although the fantasy football community does not like him, uh, Rogers certainly does trust him. So I think he could be somebody who is worth stacking in leagues. You know, Ty Montgomery was somebody I was high on coming into the season. He's really not got too much of a shot there although he did block a punt last night. Randall Cobb is playing better than he did last year but they just, there's no explosiveness. They're getting 10 yards, they're getting 15 yards. Nearly all of their offence last night came on passing interference calls. So it's something that they need to get that explosiveness back because they're they're far too predictable and I think once they, if they can get that back it'll help as well with the, the running back situation. You know, Starks last year had a no explosive plays but two seasons ago he had quite a few explosive plays and it's just that situation that defenses are staying closer to the line of scrimmage they're not dropping back into coverage they're not as much uh, afraid of those big plays but i think i still think you know give them another couple of weeks and, if, and two weeks time if we're still saying the same things i think then it'll be really time to worry but this minnesota defense and i know they give up quite a few penalties last night trey waynes give up a couple uh Terrence newman give up a few as well And i think if you're looking at that defense they are legit and I mentioned this I think it was last week in the podcast I think in four or five weeks time we'll be starting to talk about them as a, a top three defense in the league
1: yeah stay patient with the Packers um I someone was asking me if they should drop Cobb for Quincy and, and Enwa and I oh, said geez. absolutely okay. not. Nah. let's let's not overreact right I, I mean right but you know that's that's how people react yeah, you know panic. and yep. you know Cobb, jordy jordy's been putting up decent numbers though i know he hasn't been shorty but yeah, he, he still that. scored in both yeah. games he's getting the red zone targets um you know he said his legs feel heavy but at some point i think he he's going to click over and you know it looked like he had a step on the guy in one of the plays but but rogers just didn't hit him yeah. that those are going to happen at some point and and that's when you, this is this could be the week that green bay blows up so you know stay patient i, I still think lacy's going to have his big games I here know. and there uh, the only guy that I wouldn't be confident in is, is cooks and, or Jared cook. And yeah. it's just because it, cause of who he is. <laughs> so he, he did get some targets last night, yeah. Yeah, but- you, you watch, he'll have a big two-touchdown game, but yeah. you, you can't rely on that guy, yeah. that's for
0: sure. And uh, I think Richard Rodgers will get some of the targets as well, so that's going to hurt him. But the, the Packers, I believe now, for the next four weeks, play at Lambeau. So, uh, you know, they were away for those first two weeks. They're going home now for four games. I think the last two preseason games as well, I believe, were on the road, so they've had four road games kind of in a row. And I think that can take a, a toll as well, even though it's early in the season. So now we expect them to, you know, at Lambeau. That's last year. Last year on the road and two years ago on the road, they would win games but they wouldn't be blowing teams out but at home two seasons ago when they really were clicking their stride they were putting up I think there was one game where they had maybe 42 points on the Eagles at one stage in the first half so uh, I expect them to look, look in uh, the next four weeks and then we'll see how the team is actually going to go a couple more games to run through uh, Minnesota we mentioned earlier with Stefan Diggs well it's going to be a tough matchup this week to start them with great confidence they are playing the Carolina Panthers you obviously start Cam. You're going to start Benjamin. But I mentioned, you know, the Minnesota defense as well. I think this could be a really, real, real low-scoring game with, uh, you know, a defensive struggle throughout. Uh, are you confident in starting any of the, your stars on either side of these uh, two teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're starting Diggs and Benjamin. Um, I, I don't know what to do about the running game. I, I will say though that Asiata in 2014, he made. He's the guy that's coming out waiver wires, yeah. and he had nine or ten touchdowns and yeah, he won yeah, yeah. yeah he had 44 catches that year with the last time that ap went down so he's a guy that i'm definitely gonna pick up because i think you can get him for cheap and kind of see what happens he actually out touched mckinnon um last night in that game so that that's a guy that's going to be on your waiver wire and is worth uh, a, at least a stash to see what happens there but as far as the panthers go you know fozzy could be the guy. It's just really hard to trust that running game when you have Cam Newton stealing
0: touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So um, right now it looks like Fozzie. I don't know, Cameron Artis Payne. What's your take there? Yeah, I'm staying away from it because, uh, you know, Stewart will probably be back in a couple of weeks. But as you mentioned, even with Jonathan Stewart, between the 20s, I think he's very, very underrated as a running back. But once you get inside that 20-yard line, the red zone... Uh, percentage that you're going to get cams, you usually going to either throw it or rush it himself, and that really takes away from the running back situation there uh, with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to stay away from that. Uh, I I have Olsen in a lot of leagues. I'm going to start him this week, but you know I'm they're, they're very tough against the tight ends in Minnesota. So it's going to be a tough week. But I think you know as you mentioned with Diggs and with Benjamin, I think you pretty much have to to start those guys and see how it goes for you. You mentioned Matt Asiata as well. I think Jarrett McKinnon's the more talented running back. I think, but he's more of that you know third down. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Aziad is going to get goal line work that, and I think that's going to you want to get those touchdowns and that's where you're going to get it so you don't have to like the player you just have to see him getting in the end zone and Matt Ada was uh, Tim Hightower before Tim Hightower was one in leagues last season so he, he's somebody there that nice. you, <laughs> you, you, can, you can pick up on uh, next up Chicago playing tonight so again we don't know too much about their situation so we'll talk more about Dallas they travel to Jerry World to face the Dallas Cowboys um, obviously you got a nice bounce back from Dez Zeke Elliott worried about those fumbling issues
1: he's a rookie you know yeah, this is what rookies do yep. um I I think they're gonna go they're still gonna go back to him and, and he'll figure it out you know if you look at the history of some of these rookie running backs too um you know Gurley didn't get started until week three last year and David Johnson didn't blow up until week eight or nine yep. so you know it, it takes a while for these rookies to really get things figured out I, I think you're still sticking with Zeke and they will too um Alfred Morris is not gonna solve any problems you know McFadden might come in and steal some third down work when if if and when he comes back from uh the uh pup list yep. um but you know you're still playing at des and we just, I, we got to see some dak touchdowns we we've seen him run one in but he hasn't thrown one yep. yet to des and i think that game's coming and this could be it against the bears yeah uh, a big prime time game yeah we we'll get
0: des really going we'll see how chicago come out of this one tonight but again you're going to Definitely, without a doubt, you're starting um, Alshon Jeffrey. Depends how Jay Cutler plays. You know, he might put up some points against this defense on the road. We'll just see how it goes. I'm not too confident in the running back situation in Chicago, so we'll see how that game goes. And follow uh, both of us on Twitter to get more information on that as it goes forward. But you mentioned. Dak, uh, you know, he has, Cole Beasley's getting a lot of targets, which is, I was kind of high on him going into last season and because he had a good season two years ago, but nothing last. So we'll see how, if that there goes on, uh, Jason Whitten as well, getting a lot of targets. So if you're in somebody in a PPR league who needs help at tight end, see if you can, uh, get Whitten on board your team. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I didn't mention it in case anyone is living under a rock and hasn't heard between, uh, the game happening and us recording this podcast, Adrian Peterson did tear his meniscus, uh, during that game with the Packers last night. We were talking with the running backs in case people were wondering why they're not talking about Adrian Peterson. But uh, he's expected to be out for a couple of weeks, but more news will come out in the next... I think like they've they avoided that season-ender, which was feared at the time, and we'll, we'll see how that goes in the next couple of weeks. Uh, On to the last two games now. Atlanta travel to New Orleans. You know, you get that fast track indoors. Atlanta are used to playing indoors, though, and uh, I think this is in my opinion going to be an absolute fantasy bonanza for Julio Jones although he he did hurt his uh, leg in the game against Oakland I think uh, we're looking at a big day here for uh, Julio (laughs)
1: Yeah, this one's going to be a barn burner for sure. Uh, you're starting them all. Um, you know, something that's kind of flying under the radar is uh, Michael Thomas. Yep. You know, with the Saints, yep. with uh, Kobe Fleener struggling. he's really He's been decent the first two games. You know, he had six catches in week one, and then I think he led the team in yardage yesterday. He had so yeah, a great, a great touchdown a guy I can, grab, too. Yeah, like, um, I, I really like Michael Thomas. I think you're starting all the Saints. You know, Ingram is going to figure it out at some point. He's a by low candidate because he started the first two games with not a lot. Um so look at him, but this game, it's it's at New Orleans, which is where the Saints go crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Drew, Brees, Drew Brees could throw for 400 yards, and the way that Matt Ryan's been playing this year, they might respond. So, you know, you're probably going to start some new. Jacob Tammy is a guy that might be on the waiver wire. He's had back-to-back eight target games. You know, that's a tight... If a guy averages eight targets, he, he's a lock for, for a tight end one at yeah. the end of the season if he averages eight targets a game. So... If Tammy's available, get on him. Um, and he, it's the Saints. They, they don't even have a defense. So um, I can wait for this game. I, with as much Drew Brees as I own this year, and I have Matt Ryan in quite a bit of leagues because he was free. I yeah. mean, He was like the quarterback, 20. Um, I wrote an article about bad season discount players, and Matt Ryan was on it. And he's a guy that's had five you know, QB1 seasons out of seven, um, and he's showing You know, the only thing missing last year was touchdowns and now they're coming maybe maybe he just needed us anew to get things rolling again but um the the, the running back situation is is the one to watch because yeah. with coleman and freeman we don't really know what's going on i mean coleman's getting all the targets which is shocking because freeman is so good yeah. in the passing game well what's your take there
0: yeah, I think actually Freeman uh didn't have any catches yesterday, which was surprising. He, he had a nice bounce back uh, over 90 yards in the running game. So, you know, I was kind of expecting Coleman to be the man getting some more of the going digging into the rushing and then Freeman still getting his catches. So, it's a strange situation, but Uh, I'm just going to give it a couple more weeks to see how it develops. I own quite a bit of Tevin Coleman. Picked him up in a lot of dynasty leagues on cheap this year after Freeman had the big year last year so uh, I'm hoping that he comes out on top of it but uh, it's just one that I'm going to keep a close eye on. I did mention when you were talking about Mike Thomas that he had a nice touchdown grab. That was actually Willie Sneed so that was my fault on that one. Sneed has had a nice uh, couple of weeks and he had a very very good season last year so I think he's somebody that we really need to start taking very seriously. I know a lot of people listening to the show will have Willie Sneed well on their radar but there'll be people who maybe are less uh you know throughout the off season involved in fantasy football and uh, he's somebody that you need to be starting to really take serious you mentioned matt ryan i think he actually had completions to 11 different receivers yesterday i would need to double check that but you know he's, he's really spreading the ball around but that there's gonna be a very interesting game last game on the radar now and that's uh, the patriots obviously jacoby Brissett getting the start here as things stand unless they'd again somebody but it's gonna be very very rushed. Maybe we'll see somebody like Matt Flynn uh, sign uh, as a you know a short term deal with them uh, to try and have some backup there. He's been in that system. Uh, I think it was the last season or two seasons ago. Uh, they they face Houston and the Texans' defense isn't somebody that you want a rookie quarterback going up against. They they look legit. JJ Watt is back, uh, you know, where people were saying he wasn't his 100% in week 1 well, I don't know what percent he was in week 2 but he was pretty damn good with those two sacks so uh, this is one to have an interesting eye on, you know the, the Patriots have uh, surprised me as how efficient they've been through those two weeks. And Houston, on the other hand, haven't been all that efficient, but uh, Miller's getting his touches. Uh, New Copkins is a beast. That's all they have to say about him. And then uh, I said on Thursday's show last week temper expectations for Will Fuller heading into week two because, you know, as I mentioned earlier <laughs> with Corey Coleman, rookies don't do that on a regular basis. But. He started. he's the first uh, first round pick taken in the NFL draft to start week one and week two with a uh, back-to-back 100 yard game. So yeah, I'll just, I'll not tell you the temper expectations this week, but it's unlikely to happen again on Thursday night football.
1: Yeah. Will Fuller has been awesome. I think yeah. the only other rookie that's had uh, back-to-back hundred yard games was d which yeah. is kind of uh, ironic because they're similar type players. Um, so you could see him having a bad game if he doesn't get that big splash play. Um, but otherwise, um, I'm I'm not sure what to do about Gronk. You know, if he does play this week, um, do, do you play him with the third string? I think it's if you own him, you you probably don't have better options. But uh, I, I I think New England will be ready to play. I just don't know how much fantasy love or goodness will come out of this game outside of uh, LaGarr Blunt. I think they're going to hand it off a lot. In this game, yeah. um, but you know Belichick's always got something up his sleeve, and he, and he's did it with you know Matt Castle when when Brady went down, Matt Castle was the, the number three quarterback in August before you know like the last week he ended up becoming the quarterback too, and then Brady went down, and on, on no time Belichick got him up to speed, and they won eleven games with with Matt Castle. So <laughs> you you never bet against Belichick, Definitely. you know that he's he's going to have that ace up his sleeve and, and have this team ready to play on a Thursday night. But I'm definitely um. Not looking for a lot from Edelman and the crew with this third string quarterback coming in. Yeah. I like know. it's Houston.
0: Yeah, and I've been uh, Amendola's had a little bit of a resurgence too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do once Brady gets back in there. But you mentioned Gronk. If you took him in the first round of your draft, I don't have him in any leagues. If you took him in your first round, you have to start him if he lines up this week. Uh, I sat Martellus Bennett in a lot of leagues this past weekend too, and he had a very, very nice game. But that's all the games run through for week three. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening into all of that there. Obviously jacob uh, has been a fantastic uh, co-host here on the show you can find him on twitter it's at clutch uh, you'll find that picture of the polo bear there on the uh, large chunk of ice and then you'll really understand uh, what i meant once you've seen that photo you won't be wondering what i was talking about at the start of this show uh, obviously you can find his work too on rotoviz uh, fantastic writing that he does have up there mostly off-season work anything coming up uh, in season for rotoviz Now
1: you know I'm I'm an off-season kind of guy, so you know I'll give takes on stuff like this. But I got to explain the polar bear has nothing to do with global warming. It's (laughs) it's a metaphor for me being on an island of terrarianism, I guess you could say. So I get people asking like, it's not a political statement at all. It's It's, it's, uh... that's a.
0: yeah, well, uh, you're on an island of contrarianism talking fantasy couple, but we did agree on a lot of things here on tonight's show. So maybe I should get myself a little to stay on to. But no, it was a lot of fun having <laughs> you. Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, having you on the show. We'll see if we can fit a second polar bear on that little block of ice. Maybe build an extension on it. But uh, the last thing I have to do before we finish up the show is I give away a T-shirt this past weekend uh, for people retweeting uh, an overtime Ireland tweet, and the winner was Stephen O'Rourke. So get in touch, Stephen, and I'll uh, send that T-shirt out to you as soon as possible. But outside of that, uh, obviously we're heading towards week three. If you're listening to this before Monday Night Football, enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. And uh, then, of course, hopefully you have enjoyed the show. Go and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the ways to listen. Keep spreading the word of the podcast. And Until I'm back with the next show, probably late next week because, as I mentioned, I'm going to uh, my honeymoon and I'll watch football, but recording about it might be the last thing on my mind. So until I'm back with the next uh, show, with hopefully Doug back. Get well soon, Doug. Get back on the podcast. Have a good one.
1: Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out overtimeireland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.